Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. I invite you to remain standing for a reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, verses 43 through 52. Immediately while he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. And with him there was a crowd with swords and clubs, from the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man, arrest him, and lead him under guard. So when he came, he went up to him at once and said, Rabbi, and kissed him. Then they laid hands on him and arrested him. But one of those who stood near drew his sword and struck the slave of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Then Jesus said to them, Have you come out with your swords and clubs to arrest me as though I were a bandit? Day after day I was with you in the temple teaching, and you did not arrest me. But let the scriptures be fulfilled. All of them deserted him and fled. A certain young man was following him, wearing nothing but a linen cloth. They caught hold of him, but he left the linen cloth and ran off naked. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Where were you when the world stopped? Or perhaps better phrased, where were you when the world stopped for you? In those moments we all face, we are confronted with the most raw and real of our human emotions. And we ask those questions of ourselves and of others, not so much to know where we were, but to see if others responded in the same way. Because none of us want to be alone in our grief, or in our anger, or in our quest for justice. And perhaps that desire to not be alone is what's so scary when we ask that question. Because it's the human condition. And so we fight hard against the urge to be alone, that at times we will do anything to avoid that feeling including the knowing and sharing of knowledge beyond our place and time, because, as they say, knowledge is power. And as Jesus was speaking, he was going to be alone, and he's the only one that knew it. But not just yet, because we know the story that Jesus will die alone, betrayed and abandoned by his friends, And we want to believe that this time, as we enter Holy Week and approach the cross, we won't betray him. That this time we will be the best that we can be, that we will stay awake, that we won't flee, that we will go even to the cross with Christ. And yet we'll get distracted. Sleep will come, weariness will grow in us, love for things other than God will show up in our lives And when Jesus is betrayed and handed into the power of the authorities, even when he told us it was going to happen, we draw our swords and we put up our guards and try to prevent anything 
from happening that's beyond our control. Desperate times call for desperate measures after all. And Jesus says, I will beat swords into plowshares. We say, no, 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 I've got this Christ. Let me take care of this. And like an angry parent dealing with arguing children in the back seat, Jesus says, enough. Stop fighting. Put away your swords. Just enough. Because when the dominoes start to fall and you get to the very end and you realize that nothing will ever be put back the way it was, you can't say anything but stop. Because when dominoes are set in place, a chain reaction begins. One small act can impact many things. On July 28, 1914, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, heir to the throne of Austria-Hungary, was shot by a Serbian assassin. Austria-Hungary prepared for war with Serbia. Russia prepared to defend Serbia against Austria-Hungary. Germany prepared to defend Austria-Hungary against Russia. France prepared to defend Russia against Germany. Germany prepared to attack France through Belgium. Britain prepared to defend Belgium against Germany. The Turks rallied behind Germany. Japan rallied behind Britain. And within a month, the world was at war. And when the first domino fell, the rest came tumbling down. And four years later, 15 million people had died. Or think about Rwanda. Before the Belgians came, the minority Tutsi had ruled over the majority of the Hutu. The colonial Belgians exacerbated the tensions between the peoples, and by the time they left, the Tutsis held almost all the political and economic power. The Hutus were mostly landless and poor, and in 1962, the Hutus overthrew the Tutsi monarchy and instituted a Hutu republic, and in 1990, Tutsis invaded Uganda and started a civil war. In 1994, the Hutus assassinated their own president and initiated a genocide of Tutsis, killing 800,000 people in 100 days. One domino falls, and another falls, and then another, and there seems no end when the dominoes begin to fall. That's what Palm Sunday and Holy Week remind us is that the dominoes are already at play. The powers of this world and the powers of God's kingdom are already at a moment of crisis, and dominoes begin to fall. Jesus on the cult, the disciples, the crowd, the Pharisees, the Romans, the Sadducees, the scribes, the criminals, the bystanders, Pontius Pilate, King Herod, all will fall down one after another, and it's a domino effect until we get to Friday, when we see God in human form hold out his hands and tell the dominoes to stop. Because the dominoes continue to fall in our lives so violently that the only thing that can stop them are the two hands of Christ pierced and nailed to the cross. But because they are human hands, they still hurt like hell. And that's what happens when Christ is on the cross. The divinity of humankind says stop. And nothing is the same. 
And every one of those dominoes that has fallen and built up against us and stacked up against us in life does not fall on us, but falls on the outstretched hands of Christ when he dared to say stop to death itself. And maybe that's why that's the last thing we hear Christ say on the cross. It is finished. Because there's nowhere else to go. But the people leave, get back to their lives, and try to make sense and pick up the pieces. Because God knows we are a people of action, that we will move, that we will go, that we will do. And we're always choosing between fight or flight. There's a place for us in the story, even when the dominoes are beyond our control. And we find our place in the story with the unnamed young man from our gospel lesson this morning. Mark's gospel tells us that a young man was present who was wearing nothing but a cloak, a sindon in the Greek. The posse caught hold of him, but he left the sindon and ran away naked. Here's what a sindon means. It was a linen cloth used for burial. The word is used exactly four times in the Christian scriptures. In the three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, to describe the cloth in which Jesus' dead body was wrapped for burial. And here, on the unnamed young man. And maybe that's where we find ourselves, unnamed when the dominoes are falling around us in the garden. In Mark's gospel, when we encounter the risen Christ, the person that the women encounter at the tomb is not Christ, but a young man wearing a sindon, that very same piece of cloth used for clothing. And maybe here is our connection between the dominoes that are falling around us. That sindon, that piece of clothing is significant for us and significant for the unnamed person who runs away when everything is at stake. It is worth noting that clothing isn't mentioned very much in the scriptures, but here Mark, who speaks in very short sentences, thinks it's worth mentioning. The sindon fell off and the young man ran away naked. We see it in Mark 14, that sindon, that baptism cloth, and in Mark chapter 16 in the resurrected Christ wearing the same cloth. And maybe Mark's trying to really hone in and get our attention to say there is more at play here than you will ever know. And I'm not telling you about the clothes so that you will remember it. But I'm reminding you of our own shame, of our own guilt, of our own abandonment of Christ. When we leave even the thing that sees us out into this world and run away, humiliated. Now, I'm not saying it's the same man in chapter 14 and the same young man at the tomb, but I'm saying, what if it's us? What if we are both present in the resurrection and present in the betrayal? What if we are there as they crucify Christ and as he shows himself? 
with his hands and feet before us? What if it is us who are there when the dominoes begin to fall and when Christ says, stop? Otherwise, the story would be incomplete if we were not there for both. Without the despair, without the distraction, without the running away, there is no forgiveness and there is no resurrection. And this sendon, this cloth that we see, is reminding us that we have a place in the story as well. The young man wearing the sendon at the resurrection gives witness and tells about the works of God and tells the women not to weep. But here we are, not there yet, holding on to our shame, holding on to our way of life, holding on to our triumphs, holding on to the dominoes of life when they seem beyond our control. And maybe that's the invitation for us as we approach Holy Week, to see that we were there, not to ask the question of where were you when the world stopped, but where were you when the world changed for you? The world does not change because we make the changes, but they change because God gave his life for us. People often say at times, we are living right now at the most important moment of human history and everything that we do, every domino that we set up affects everything else. But Mark's gospel is reminding us that the most important time of human history was 2,000 years ago through betrayal, through denial, through abandonment, through death, and through resurrection. And the question for us is where will we be when we find ourselves on Good Friday? When we remember the time in which Christ gave himself up for us, where will we find ourselves? Will it be amongst the world trying to wrangle for power and control only to find that our robes have come off? Will we go to Christ with the cross only realizing that it is too heavy a price to bear? Will we enter into the places where those are suffering and hurt and lost and lonely? Will we make it about ourselves or will we make it about Christ? The young man is you and I. We were there. But the good news is it does not end in abandonment and nakedness and shame and guilt the good news is that God's presence is with us wherever we go and whatever we do. Whatever may befall, whatever may approach, whether we approach it with swords or whether we approach it in chains, whether we approach it through freedom and whether we approach it through imprisonment, God's presence is there, goes with us, goes before us, and strengthens God's church to the end of time. Where were you? Where will you be? And were you there? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is a holy week and a special time in our lives as Christians, as followers of Christ. As United Methodists, we share in many traditions through our mission, through our outreach, and through our opportunities. Across the North Georgia Annual Conference this morning, appointments and announcements are being made. And 
Today, I announce to you that as of June, I will be appointed to the senior minister of Fayetteville First United Methodist Church. Kate Floyd, who is a dear, dear friend of ours, whom we have known for 11 years, is going to be the new senior pastor here at Sandy Springs. Kate and her husband, Kyle, have two beautiful children, Daisy and Sam. Kate got her master's in divinity from Candler School of Theology at Emory University, her Bachelor of Arts in Women's Studies from Rice University. She's pastored churches here in Atlanta and Chicago and is currently working with a church plant in Arlington, Virginia. Uh, she is passionate about creating inclusive, joy-filled, uh, diverse communities. She enjoys live music, bad TV, struggling through yoga class, and exploring the D.C. area with her husband, Kyle, and children, Sam and Daisy. In the coming days, you'll have more opportunities to reach out to Reverend Floyd to welcome her into the life of the congregation. But in this moment, on behalf of my family, and knowing the week that's ahead of us, we are grateful for the four years that we have spent and the time that we have left together to share in ministry. We are called to serve a risen Christ, and though this may be a Palm Sunday and a dreary day, we know that the resurrection and Easter Sunday is coming. So as you go out into the world, go with this blessing. <clears throat> may the peace of Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our arms. And may the love of God, the peace of Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.